Welcome to Blooming, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings, navigating how to grow up. I'm Tessa. And I'm Britt. And we'll be your co-hosts. This week, we thought we'd tie a knot on the year by talking about New Year's resolutions and what we've learned from the shit show that was 2020. (laughs) What a great year. (laughs) But first, Tessa, how was your week? My week has had so many ups and downs. I'm officially on holidays, which is hella exciting. And let me tell you, I've been crawling to the finish line. Haven't we all... Lucky we have another Sophie Spritz, though, to get us through this recording session. Yeah, I tell you what, I needed it. (laughs) And I am also very much in need of the time off that I'm about to have. And, I mean, it's also nearly Christmas, which is my absolute favourite time of the year. Like, I might even love Christmas more than my birthday. And that's saying something. It is the best time of the year, I agree. Yeah, so what I was going to say in this segment is or this little intro is that um, like my family does four days of Christmas so I'm just like super excited to have all of that and the celebrating and the food which is still going to happen but um, going to look a little bit different than a, than oh, what no. I was expecting. Why? So my parents if oh, I feel like it, I'm going to give a bit of context but my parents were having lunch in the northern beaches. Oh no. Yeah on Wednesday and so Therefore, I stuck in quarantine for 14 days and missing Christmas. So, I mean, for those of you not in Australia or Queensland or not across it, um, in Australia, the Northern Beaches had an outbreak of COVID cases and where we are is Queensland and they're making anyone who was there quarantine and get like a like COVID test and things like that. And I don't know, I feel like restrictions are coming out. There's been a few new cases in Queensland and, like, other states, so... Yeah, and the restrictions are just intensifying. Like, my parents, all things considered, got it easy. They, like, jumped in their car and drove. They drove, luckily, like, drove from Sydney straight back. Yeah, they're safe. We have a property that's, um, like... And healthy. Yeah, yeah. They got negative results, so that's fine, but they still have to quarantine. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so we have a property that's, like, just over the New South Wales border, but in Queensland, and so they were able to, like, drive through like did a mammoth drive through to get back before the hotel quarantine was imposed um, so they have to quarantine but can do it from their home that's very lucky and they're lucky like very privileged that they had somewhere to go that wasn't our family home because that meant that my brother and I and my siblings and my brother and I and my siblings what other siblings do I have <laughs> my brother my sister and I um could still do like our kind of Christmas plans we just have to Reorganize because Are you they'll be Skype your parents. Or? Parents free. Yeah, I think we'll do FaceTime. FaceTime. Who uses Skype oh, yeah, these sorry. days? <laughs> I don't, no, not me. <laughs> I feel like if anything, did Zoom. you snore? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what that was. I, it definitely was not a snore. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't made me laugh that hard yet. Um, but yeah, I think look. There are so many people going through the exact same thing and, like, so many people's Christmas plans have been thrown out the window yeah, because of sure. this. Like, at least, like I said, I've got my siblings, my parents have each other and they're safe and healthy. So yeah. while I'm a little sad, I feel like I have to be, like, lucky as well and grateful that... Christmas will just look a little bit different this year. Yeah, and yeah. I think we're just going to postpone Christmas a little bit. And oh, yeah, and do it when they're Celebrate back. it in the new year. Mm. 
So maybe we'll just have more than four days of Christmas. Yes, we'll Two have Christmas. Like a like, month of Christmas. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a positive spin. Yeah, trying to look on the positive side. But other than that, I got my eyebrows done. Big shout out to Gabby and her small business who not only makes my eyebrows look fresh as, but also is where we took all our picks for blooming, like such a beautiful yeah. studio. So I'll link her below because, you know, we love to see a queen killing it in business at 25. Yes, we do. Yes. And yeah, other than that, just kind of like did the usual Christmas breakups with work and caught up with some friends. Um, But yeah, how about yours? My week has been good. Um, The highlight from my week, hands down, is that my nan started following Blooming on Instagram. (laughs) So hi, nan, if you're listening. Oh, nans are the best. Hi, Brit's nan. (laughs) I saw her come up in the um, follow notifications and I was like, yes. (laughs) I love that support, though. What commitment. Also, the fact that she can use Instagram. Mm, She's all over it. She's very up with it. Love um, that. Also, Nala started losing her puppy teeth, which is a big win because puppy teeth are so sharp. Oh my gosh, they are so sharp. Yeah, I'm so over having puncture holes <laughs> all over my body. Um, and also spent some time with Lockie's family, my partner's family, um, for Christmas. So had an early Christmas with them because we're spending Christmas Day with my family. And yeah, like sharing Christmas with a partner is something we have needed to navigate, especially this year since um, Christmas was a bit different for Lockie having family in Adelaide. I feel like it's really hard, especially if it's in a different state, because Mm. like you can't just do like lunch with one family and dinner with the other and like spread out your time across the one Christmas day. Like there's only so much you can do, right? Exactly. So we've had to be, yeah, very organized. But we did this little thing. We had a festive pub crawl where we each had to buy a round at a different bar and then the drink had to be a Christmas color. Oh my gosh, how cool is that? Yeah, I know. So we managed red, green, white, and then frosty blue. So yeah. it kind of counts as a Christmas color. I guess. It's like a modern Christmas color. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> so we, yeah, we managed those colors, but um, and we figured by the fourth drink we'd probably mixed enough different spirits so it was just a fun little festive challenge yeah something that everyone else could try for sure definitely but yes that was my week don't overthink the peas And now it's time for this week's adulting wins and adulting fails. Thank you to everyone who has been setting in their wins and fails. We are loving reading them. Yes, we are. By the way, I actually forgot to mention last episode. Thank you to everyone who messaged me offering to teach me how to gift wrap. (laughs) I had a few people DMing me saying they'd developed bomb gift wrapping skills from working in David Jones or Maya, like especially over Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, that Christmas period. Um, And clearly I should have applied there for part-time work but how how good is that though like what a little supportive community we're building I know well I wish I could say I've learnt some tricks I'll keep working on it though this week we've like been back and forth sending photos of each other's rapping to each other just just, being like no how bad is this or mine's worse (laughs) I feel like maybe I'm rubbing off on you because now all of a sudden yours is I was never good though (laughs) I, I to be fair when we talked about it I said that I loved it, but it still ended up like a child. Oh, yes, yes. So So we're both a little bit hopeless. Yes. Um, But my favourite 
win. We had a win this week. I know, so good. I was about to say fail, but we actually had a win. You two in the habit of the fails. Sorry. Yes, my favourite win has been from listener Bridie, who said she had finished finished her first year in corporate work. Um, what an achievement. Yeah, well, she said it was low-key, but no way, Bridie. That is a huge win. Yeah, such a big win. So congratulations, yeah, Bridie. Yeah, good on you for surviving. Our, and our first win to Yeah, and also, what a year to be doing your first year in the corporate world yeah. when you're proudly working from home or mm. whatever their comp- company did but we better fess up now did you have a win or fail this week well you know what I actually have had a pretty average week like I really had to rack my brain for an adulting win or fail which I mean I don't know if mm, that no counts as progress mm. yeah I don't know but uh, I landed on an adulting fail <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> yep so this week I had to go and get a blood test and I'm not great with needles mm. like never have been I was that kid that kicked doctors and <gasps> fainted and oh my god I don't know always had like a needle phobia yeah not proud to admit that I kicked some doctors but here we are anyway I'm not that bad anymore like I'm a big brave girl now much better don't have to lie down I'm not a faint risk that's good to but hear. um yeah I I I don't know, this one was a bad one. I was just, I hadn't eaten, which was probably a really big rookie error, but I was just all over the place. Um, The chick who was doing it was like, are you okay? Because apparently I went a lovely shade of grey because everyone wants to look that way, right? And I definitely very nearly ended up on the floor. (laughs) Like who can't get through a blood test at 25? (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that, you know, like who can't get through a blood test at 25 because I actually faint too. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yay. I'm not the only one. No, I don't know why. Like I don't have a fear of needles or whatever. And yeah, like I'm not scared, but when I see blood or even if I like think about it, I think I psych myself out. I think it's like anything a little bit gory with me. Like if I even, I remember one time I was like, at the doctor and they were explaining a surgery that I might have needed and the do- yeah, and I just like psyched myself out and fainted in his office oh and I gosh. woke up with the receptionist offering me a pop-up. So <laughs> I feel you. You know what? I'm the same. Mine's like wor- the worst with needles but like I had to get um, a few little benign moles taken out to check mm. for cancer which boys and girls get your skin checked mm. every year um, and I did the same like the first the first time I had to get one cut out, I made the dermatologist, like the specialist, go out and get my mum from reception to come Aww. in and hold my hand. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to think I'm the biggest baby. Then this year I did it by myself, so very proud of myself. But, again, yeah, I fainted and they had to give me, like, starburst lollies to, like, get my sugar back up. Aww. And I was like, oh. My bad. We but, are so hopeless. Oh, no, here we are. We survived. But how about you? Did you have a win or a fail? So big adulting win for me. Yes, um, love this for you. Last episode I mentioned uh, draining my savings on a house deposit. Yeah, and how you were a little nervous about it. A little nervous. It. Well, I've done it. Woo! <laughs> Another woo girl. Yes! Us. Um, my partner and I finally found a house within our budget that ticked most of our boxes. And yeah, we are now financially bound. Enjoy. <laughs> no more making flippant decisions on spontaneous holidays for me. But but you have a house that's so exactly. adult of you. So adult. Oh God, it took a while for us to find one and actually get it. Like we've been looking for most of this year, but the market has been so competitive. Um, house prices in Brisbane have apparently gone up 
20 to 30 percent and are anticipated to keep rising wow that's looking great for the rest of us (laughs) i know sorry um but we were like yeah like damn it when we finally have enough money saved that apparently everyone else does too yeah everyone's trying to get into that housing market hey um and yeah it also probably hasn't been the best week for moving um because it's been really windy and raining on and off so yeah. we haven't even finished all of our trips with um, the trailer we've borrowed for the big stuff. So our house is kind of like half put together, but we're getting there. At least you had a place that you could keep your stuff. Like at least it wasn't end of lease. You have to get out and no, what do you do with exactly. your furniture. Yeah, my parents have been very good with keeping the stuff holding there. stuff for me. Um, and yeah, over the past week we've just been like, well, I was finishing my work week and then going backwards and forwards between houses till it take loads and it's been quite exhausting but definitely fun exhausting like yeah we're very excited to be in before Christmas and having our first Christmas in our house with our pup so oh so cute I know good good end to the year little happy family <laughs> This week, we thought we'd tie a knot on this unusual year with our highs and lows, the things we've learned from 2020, and also discuss the topic that brings divided opinions, the start of a new year. Everything from New Year's resolutions to New Year's Eve anxiety. Alrighty, let's start at New Year's resolutions. Um, So did you set any resolutions this year or do you usually set New Year's resolutions? No, lol, which is weird because as we've mentioned in a previous episode, I'm a big planner, um, but I've never really been into setting New Year's resolutions or actually goal setting at all, to be honest. I feel like this stems from me not wanting to hold myself to something that I know I'll probably change my mind about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A year is just such a long time and I've found in previous years that I what I think is a priority at you know in January yeah to that in December changes a lot so like I don't want to commit to what I'm going to get done in a day let alone a year and oh, I for sure I feel like I'm a goldfish like I can just change my mind so often oh, yeah, well, like when you think about it like you said like so much can happen in a day let alone a whole year and yeah. I don't know priorities shift and exactly what you want changes I do have like really broad goals though, like, um, you know, saving a certain amount of money. That was a big thing this year, you know, like saving to a certain house deposit amount or even like getting my hair to a healthy state. That's pretty mm-hmm. broad. I've just had so many hair disasters, but we'll save that for a different episode. Oh my gosh. Should we talk about my hair kerfuffle? Oh, also, yeah. Last yeah. episode. So I like clickbaited you guys with an awesome hairdresser recommendation and literally two days after we... Um, like launched the episode. It's like a week after I had gotten my hair cut, she announced that she's closing her salon down. <laughs> so I'm really sorry if anyone wanted to go and Hopefully hit her no up. no one's been seeking out that yes. studio. But now I have to find a new I hairdresser know. and I'm just not ready. I, my trust issues are too big. I'm just... If anyone has recommendations, yeah. please send them Tessa's way. If not, she... I'm just never getting my hair cut ever again. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, I interrupted. Let's go back to what you were saying about Yeah, I just, I wouldn't call them New Year's resolution specific. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like not into resolutions at all. I actually had to write an article on New Year's resolutions at my old job and it just like triggered me and it really made me realise just like how stupid I think they are. Which, I mean, to be fair, absolutely nothing against anyone who does set them or like finds them helpful, like completely each to their own but I just used to set them and like you said never kept them and just 
don't know, it just made me feel like a failure every year. So I yeah, I either forget about the goals or they're too big to action or I just lose my motivation. Well, it's funny that you say that because goals are actually different to resolutions. Oh, really? So goals apparently are defined as specific, whereas resolutions tend to be broad and vague. So like goals are much more actionable, which is what makes them effective, apparently. Yeah, right. So I definitely need to work on my long-term goal setting skills, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like that's what they teach us in school like what is it smart goals because I definitely don't have those yeah I remember learning about them in one of my management courses so smart goals are defined as concrete targets that you strive to achieve over a certain period of time so it's like s for specific m for measurable a for actionable r for realistic and t for time base i.e like you know your goal should fall within a specific time period Yes. Okay. So the amount of times I've been taught smart goals over the years <laughs> is wild. And I can, can confirm that I have never used it to date. Well, yeah, neither. I, I don't know. Maybe that's where we're going wrong though. Like my goals haven't been specific enough or measurable enough. Yeah, mine definitely aren't. <laughs> HubSpot explains that um, when you make goals that are based on these smart criteria, you're increasing your odds for success by verifying that the goal is achievable, identifying the metrics that define success and creating a roadmap to get to those metrics. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's probably a smart way to do it. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was lame. I, didn't, I don't know why I didn't see that coming from you, actually. <laughs> if your goals are abstract and if you don't know what it will take to achieve success or if you don't give yourself a deadline to complete steps to achieve a goal, you may lose focus and fall short for what you want to accomplish. Yeah, look, I think that's me. Yeah. That's what's happened to me. Yeah. I was reading this article from Forbes and it was saying that the stats of how many people actually follow through and accomplish their New Year's resolutions are rather grim. Uh, Studies have shown that less than 25% of people actually stay committed to their resolutions after just 30 days and only 8% actually accomplish them. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, hey? Well, yeah, so heading into 2021, maybe we should be setting goals instead of resolutions. Or here's here's an idea for you. Instead of resolutions, resolutions or goals, which I think I've showed that I'm not a fan of. (laughs) You're just not into Um, either of them. I know, even though I like to be organized and be in control. But anyway, what I've been doing instead for like two years or so is writing a list of all the things I achieved in that year so I can appreciate where I'm at. Like sometimes those lists are long, other times really short. Um, And then I also write a list of all the things I love doing and that made me happy in that year. And then looking into the year that's ahead I've aimed to do more of those things the following year like the things that I loved and then things that you've achieved yeah oh not even achieved more the loved and happy ones I guess achieved is just a good way to like reflect on what you've already done yeah so like instead of setting a goal to do these achievements I just look back at what I've achieved and I've already accomplished the goal so I'm like and you've got written down everything you've achieved instead of not being able to reach a goal and feeling like you've failed exactly and then I just like get less overwhelmed and don't get let down by myself Mm, so much that's a good idea maybe I'll give that a go this year yeah let me know how you go I think it even relates a bit back to that last episode from last week on pressure as well, like having goals for the whole year without any plans or small goals to reach them. It's a lot of pressure that we Mm. put like on ourselves internally. So speaking of pressure, I'm going to put my hand up and confess something here. Go ahead. Yep. So I have had something called New Year's Eve anxiety ever since this whole 20s thing happened to me. Happened to you? Yes. 
happen to me. <laughs> um, and I don't necessarily see it in people older than me, but maybe they're just better at hiding it or, yeah, like it's not to say that those outside of their 20s don't experience this too. It's just something that my 20s specifically brought with them. I feel like there's a stigma at this age for New Year's Eve to be amazing and there's like so much hype about it, but it's usually such a letdown. A hundred percent. We put so much pressure on ourselves for this one night when really it's just like every other night of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I was reading an article by InStyle, which just to like give some context as to how I found this, I was feeling New Year's Eve anxiety myself and I just like did some Googling to see if it was a thing or if it was just me. And no, like it is actually like way more common than I realized. So they talked to psychologist Danielle Keenan Miller about the psychology behind this feeling. And she said, it's mostly because you expect it to be the most fun night of the year and you're also likely making a number of unreasonable assumptions about the occasion, whether that be how other people are spending it or about what our New Year's Eve experience represents about the past year and the one to come. So, Mm. yeah, I know it's like super irrational, but it gets to me. I don't know. How how do you feel about New Year's Eve anxiety? Is it something you've ever experienced? Yeah, I feel like every year when it gets to this time and, you know, like the year is drawing to an end, I try and find something that's worth spending New Year's Eve doing because I feel like it needs to be like worth it. Yeah. Um, But it rarely ends up being worth all the hype. And I I feel like I've definitely had more fun when we end up doing something more low key because there's no expectations. Yeah. I feel like that's such a thing. Like if you have really high expectations Mm. for one night, it's like really hard to then meet those expectations, right? Yeah. Like what you said earlier about putting pressure on it being the most fun night of the year. Yeah, exactly. So she said whether an experience is good or bad depends mostly on your attitude. Like it's not even got to do with the event and what you're actually doing. So I don't know. It certainly is hard to control your mind. Well, my mind at least, classic overthinker over here. But maybe I should take Danielle's advice and focus on my attitude this year. Well, I feel like after the year that has been 2020, we should all cut ourselves some slack and take the pressure off this New Year's Eve. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like this year, can I just say my perception of time has been so warped. Like when trying to remember key events and things I took away from this year, I really struggled to sort through what happened this year versus last year. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like this year seems like such a blur. Yeah, it was like it went March for a million years and then all of a sudden it's December. <laughs> yeah, it's like, pretty much. <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah. Let's, through, let's run through some of the big things that happened during 2020. Yes, let's do it. Obviously, we have to start with COVID. Like, that's got to be the standout event from 2020 purely because of its duration and worldwide impact. Oh, yeah, 100%. I feel like COVID just, like, came out of nowhere and slapped all of our 2020 plans out of our hands. (laughs) Slapped our 2020s in the face. (laughs) Yes, it did that too. There's been a lot of Netflix obsessions this year. Yes. So, David Attenborough's A Life on Our Planet, Chia... The Circle, Emily in Paris, The Last Dance. Yeah, that's some um, basketball one. Yep. I didn't watch that. <laughs> oh, didn't you? No, I didn't watch The Circle either. Oh. Other what? ones. Other the ones Circle was so like re- related to 2020 because like, people were in lockdown. I know. No. I know. It's mm. on my list. I just never got to it. Mm, okay. Well, I thought that was a big Like we mentioned obsession. in the first episode, I've just been watching Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm, on repeat. That's true. Yes. You had enough on your plate. <laughs> um, Too Hot to Handle was another big one and Tiger King, obviously. Huge one. And yeah, the recent, um, The Queen's Gambit, that one. It's again on my list, but I haven't gotten around to it. Mm. The one that I smashed at the very start of COVID 
was Love is Blind. Mm, yes. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. I feel like, see, to me, I'm kind of like, is that 2019 or 2020? I don't no, know. No, that was the very start yeah. of lockdown. It seems yeah. like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, another series people have binged on in 2020 is The Crown, which stems from the whole royal family obsession. Like this year, Megan and Harry left the royal family and also big signed news. with Netflix. Yeah, and they recently, like this week, signed a podcasting deal with Spotify. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting to note that many of the Netflix obsessions have reflected events or issues particularly relevant to people in 2020, whether that be related to the climate crisis or the loss of influential people or like in the case of Too Hot to Handle or Tiger King, people just needing something to unite and bond over during lockdown. Yeah, I agree. I definitely saw people posting about like Netflix things and then I wanted to watch them because I wanted to get in on it. Like it was that bonding thing, hey? Exactly. I was reading this article from the Sydney Morning Herald where Dr. Lauren Rosewarn from the University of Melbourne explained that series such as The Queen's Gambit and Emily in Paris performed well in Australia because their lightness offered an escape from the challenges of coronavirus both are relatively uncomplicated neither are disturbing or depraved or offering up content that will only add to our 2020 woes yeah they're a bit sugary she said that in a year where australians and i mean not even just australians like people all over the world Mm -hmm. have been stuck at home and unable to use our passports both these series offered us vicarious 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 sorry, vicarious travel to exotic locations, all the while being at home in our pyjamas. Yeah, just a side note with Emily in Paris, for anyone who thinks that's what our marketing jobs look like, it is wildly unrealistic (laughs) and also like pretty problematic. Yeah, it's not accurate, but it definitely kept me hooked. Like it was just a sugary light TV series to binge. Me too. Yeah, Netflix has been a huge part of my 2020. We've definitely been super lucky. Imagine lockdown without Netflix. Don't. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Or like if we didn't have phones and we had those old Nokias and we'd just be playing Snake. Oh my God, like Snake or Tetris. (laughs) Yes, but yeah, continue. Well, as of 2020, Netflix users watched an average of 3.2 hours of video per day through the service. So that's 6 billion collective hours per month. Oh my gosh. Per user. Oh my gosh, that's hectic. That's wild. That is wild. In a letter to shareholders, Netflix revealed that it had gained an additional 15.77 million subscribers in the first quarter of 2020 alone. As billions of people around the world were forced into quarantine and social distancing. So that was like their main... Yeah, right. I wouldn't have even thought there were 15.77 million subscribers left in the world without Netflix. I know. Or like who had access to Netflix that didn't have it. Like, but there you go, there you go. But... I can confirm that my screen time has gone through the roof. Yeah. I was looking. I got, you know how I think it's on Sundays you get a screen time thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to tell you that. what mine was today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was over six hours a day. What? Yeah. Actually, I mean. I'm not I'll, proud. I'm not. I mean, I'm probably the same. I kind of ignore that notification. Fair. I don't me. usually look at it either, but I was like, it was right there. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Staring you right in the face. Yep. Moving on from COVID, another crisis that happened in Australia but impacted the world was bushfires. Yeah, so I think that actually is one that started last year and went through into the start of this year. Yeah, but though, like they, they were seem insane. like a lifetime ago. I know, they do. If um, anything good came from the bushfires, I think it increased climate crisis awareness globally. It did. People were, you know, uh, yeah. donating to 
fundraisers from other countries for you know the cause of Australian bushfires. Yeah, for sure. I also think that it really showed off a good side of the world. Like you said, Mm. people donating, like people really rallied around the bushfires and it was just amazing to see all the support that everyone got and Mm. all of that. I don't think we can discuss 2020 without recognising the Black Lives Matters movement. Yes, I agree. This obviously had a huge impact globally. The protests that happened not only in America, but Australia and lots of countries around the world and all this media and social media coverage drew our attention even more so to a bunch of resources that we would not have otherwise been exposed to without like digging so there was so many resources that were just served up in front of us to consume. And I know that you and me both and lots of people we know use that opportunity to try and learn more and educate ourselves on the struggles and the history of black people, which is definitely something that is positive to come from the movement. Yeah, and we are both striving to continue learning and support causes around this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like obviously was like a really big and... I mean, came from a really sad place, but like you said, there's there's been some positives and that just has to keep continuing. Exactly. I know you touched on this earlier, but we've also seen the deaths of a lot of influential people like Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, I cried when I found I out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away, partially because I just bloody loved her and what she's done for women's rights, mm-hmm. but also due to like fear because at the time it meant Trump as president would have basically had the power to choose the next Supreme Court justice because of the Republican majority in the Senate. Side note, if you're not familiar with who Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, please go watch On the Basis of Sex on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. It's yeah. such a good movie. And continuing on with events in the courts, there was the Harvey Weinstein verdict, which was a massive one. Yeah. And also the US election, which... I mean, really impressed. It was the highest voter turnout in 120 years. I know, it's massive. Like another thing that was had a lot of social media coverage. And yeah, I feel like for those days where the votes were coming in and being counted, I was just glued to my phone, like checking the results. Yeah, me too. Even though they weren't even changing that frequently. Yeah, like it's interesting how the US election stopped people all over the world. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of people all over the world, the Olympics were postponed. Mm -hmm. That's never happened in the history of the Olympics. Yeah, as someone who is close to an athlete that was meant to be competing this year in Tokyo, that's been really frustrating to follow. Like, I know they're trying to protect the athletes and the spectators and everyone that's involved from a health and safety point of view. So, like, I do understand their decisions. It's just, like, it's been so sad that some of the athletes have been training their whole life for this opportunity. So, it's like, do they just put their life on? on hold for this or do they like keep training like yeah i just feel like they'd be gutted they'd i know be gutted. and like do, are they expected to re-qualify or and you know that whole process of qualifying is huge so i mean they've probably done it multiple times yeah yeah, yeah for sure no that is really hard um I think we've talked about a few sad things, so maybe let's talk about a few happy things. Okay, so Kamala Harris became the first woman, first black American and first Indian American vice president-elect. That was huge. Yes, Scotland, Scotland, Scotland. (laughs) Scotland became the first country to offer free period products for all. 
Get behind that. Yep. Come on, Australia. Let's let's do this too. Um, Crayola launched a box of crayons with diverse skin colors for children to accurately color themselves into the world. How good is that? I know. I love that. And for the first time ever, the Academy Award for Best Picture went to an international feature film, which was Parasite. And then I think like on the more like wholesome, low scale side, there was like people paying off toy shops after pay, which yeah. I thought was really sweet or lay by. And again, like not so important, but still I found exciting and interesting was noteworthy. <laughs> yes. Taylor Swift launching two albums, like yeah. not one, but two, both surprise, loved that. And watching TikTok take over the world has been crazy. Like TikTok has more users and downloads than Instagram, mm. I'm pretty sure. Like it was the third most downloaded app which is just and even like it's even achieved that with you know america saying that they would ban tiktok yeah for sure and that's why i have six hours of screen time (laughs) (laughs) yes so it's all because of tiktok yes i'm just blaming tiktok a (laughs) hundred percent but also it's like just it's a dark hole like a black hole once i open the app i'm gone Mm, see ya you're hooked yeah so it's almost New Year's Eve, another year of our 20s done and dusted. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. I'm so, <laughs> so stressed about turning 26. What are some of the biggest things you have learned from being in your 20s in 2020? 20s in 2020, there mm-hmm. you go. Well, I feel like this is going a bit deep. We had to do some reflection, reflecting. I think most of what I've taken from 2020 has come from being in lockdown from COVID and just watching COVID unfold. Like I think that hewed a lot of my growth and a lot of my year. So I've learned to love and appreciate the introvert side of myself, which feels like a big 20s growth movement, I guess. I think it's something I've been in denial about for a while. My introvert self thrived in lockdown <laughs> thrived like is you that were really, living for lockdown I know is that really sad but yeah I just I I've also struggled to let the extrovert part of me back out as our social lives come back it and has I think it's been hard to adjust, readjust yeah for sure and I think it's kind of taught me to protect my alone time just as much as I do my social life because otherwise I get burnt out like Sunday, for example, Sunday avos and evenings have become super sacred to me this year as alone time to prep for the week ahead. And usually I'd feel guilty or boring or lonely, but I've realized I actually need Mm. it. And that also doesn't mean to say I don't ever do things on Sunday afternoons or evenings because I definitely do. Don't stop inviting me to things. (laughs) I'll get FOMO. Um, But I have a way better balance now. That's good. Um, I also had a serious case of lockdown or isolation skin, like ISO skin. Mm. So I invested so much time, energy and money into a skincare routine and learning about skincare little shout out to beauty iq uncensored the podcast mm. would recommend learned I'm lots i'm pretty from that. sure i put you onto that i'm gonna take credit i think you put me onto you beauty oh yes yeah but you might have you can take credit i'll, I'll take credit it. for both they're both great we'll definitely link them in their show notes yes. if anyone wants to get a little skincare routine in their life um i definitely used the 2020 with less events and more time spent at home to make sure i was looking after my skin and face and you know doing face and hair masks all the time yeah i think it's so interesting because you'd think your skin would be better in isolation because we weren't putting makeup on every Mm. day and things like that 
but no, mine just was not happy with me. I think we're all a bit stressed though as well. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. This year has drawn my attention to supporting local and purposely making the effort to purchase from small businesses. I know in our 20s, a lot of us are tied on money and don't have huge disposable incomes, but every individual can make a difference by doing their part. And considering the amount of environmental destruction we've seen this year, shopping with sustainable brands is also super important. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely something I'd been thinking about for a while, but I think 2020 gave me that little extra push I needed to take supporting local more seriously. And I've also been trying to be more environmentally friendly too after like all the bushfires and Mm. the other David Edinburgh doco that hit me in the feels. Yeah. I also think that taking risks and just going for it is something we've learned together with this podcast too, right? Mm -hmm. It's been a wild ride, but we're only just (laughs) beginning. (laughs) We're four episodes in, but it's been wild. It has, it has. Um, Okay, so I thought a cute way to finish this chat off is with a pit and a pig of the year. Have Mm -hmm. you done those before? I've actually done it once at a dinner table with my housemates. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing the whole pit and pig thing around the dinner table for a while and I thought it would be a good thing to you know bring onto the podcast so how it works for anyone who's not done it before is you just say yeah a pit and a peak from that like that you had from the year this is going to be interesting because this year has been different, different. as we've said <laughs> both our pits and peaks will be heavily hued by the fact that we weren't majorly impacted by the coronavirus but it's definitely been difficult to hear about other parts of the nation and the world that have been heavily impacted and I mean I have a few friends living in Italy and the UK and it's been hard worrying about their safety and not being able to do much to help. Yeah, for sure. I think that coronavirus and all the devastation it's brought worldwide is probably the biggest pit for everyone, right? And I don't think anything we've been through can compare. Mm, Not in our lifetime. Yeah, but I just do mean, like, I do think, though, that you still, that doesn't mean you can't, like, take into consideration. Like, you can't, you can still be affected and impacted by things that happen in your own life that haven't been the best. So, like, try not to compare your downs with other people, I think. Like, your feelings are still valid. But, Britt, tell me, what is your pit and peak of 2020? I think I know what your peak is going to be. Does it rhyme with Sala? Lol, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally that meme where it's like someone at the podium and and it's like every opportunity to talk about their pet. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a proud mom. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Yes, getting Nala was definitely a peak and like obviously getting our house like is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I can classify them both as a peak because they happen pretty close to each other. Yeah, and every year has multiple peaks and multiple pits mm, right so okay you can so that counts say that counts <laughs> as for my pit yeah like it's a bit of a hard one I definitely struggled not being able to see my grandparents and family members and friends during lockdown but at the same time was very lucky to be living with my parents at the time so we actually had a lot of quality family time playing cards and board games and all that we did that too yeah Yeah. it was really nice since leading up to that life had been so busy like I said and yeah time spent with family was always fit in between other commitments and like time bound yeah Probably like a lot of people, I lost a lot of motivation during that lockdown period, which I'm still trying to get back. Other than me, who was just thriving. (laughs) Oh, you know, that wasn't me. Um, Like we said, I can't complain because we're so lucky to be living in a safe country that's managed the pandemic so well. But I mean, I'm still sad that I have a pancake butt. (laughs) (laughs) 
overall, I feel like because 2020 has been a bit of a write-off year, I don't have like that many highlights or lowlights. I've just been happy that we made it through and looking forward to starting the next year. But what about you? What's your 2020 pit and peak? Yeah, I agree with what you said about like just getting through 2020. Mm. Totally agree. So I feel like I had a pretty rough 2019 personally. So in terms of like my actual personal life, because I was very lucky to not be majorly impacted by coronavirus, um, this year looked like not too bad (laughs) compared to last year. Um, But I think up until two days ago, I would have said something different. But for right now, my pit just feels like not having all my family together for Christmas. Like that's going to be sad. Yeah, it's going to be a really big one. Um, But you know what? I had to cry, made some lists. Mm. Yeah, made some lists. Yep. And I'm, I'm here. But other than that, I think my health, both physically and mentally, has taken a bit of hit this year. And so with all of the appointments and tests around that, it's been a lot. But, I mean, I can't complain because I have access to great healthcare, supportive people around me. We, yeah, weren't in lockdown for too long. So I just, yeah, I I am just cautious that, like I said, we there's still our pits, but I just feel like they pale in comparison. But then my peak would be that although COVID-19 has been the absolute worst, I think I'm going to say for the third time, I thrived in lockdown, which, yeah, I don't know if it's actually quite sad, but working from home and not being overcommitted with social not, commitments. Yeah, I think a lot of people enjoyed working from home and like yeah. the flexibility that they gave them. Yeah, well, the work-life balance yeah. and it, like slowing down, like you said, yeah. it like allowed me the time and energy to invest into not only mis- myself, um, so actually did a lot of like exercise and all of that stuff but also <laughs> why didn't I do <laughs> no I don't know I just had lots of motivation because I had more energy mm. um but also to my relationships as well it was interesting because do you know what your love languages are mm, of course I do yeah so anyone who doesn't know love languages will link the quiz but my top two love languages are quality time and physical touch like mm. they're the main top two they're pretty even um which that's obviously, mine as well. Oh, I was just go. like, wait a minute. No, that's mine. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. Well, obviously we couldn't do that during COVID, yeah. like at all. We had quality time with our family who we live with, but other than that, we didn't. So it made me actually have to work harder to maintain my relationships, mm. which I actually kind of loved. Like it made me so much more appreciate. It made me so much more appreciative of everything I have and the close relationships in my life with my friends and my family and my partner. And I just, it made me... I don't know, appreciate them more and um, made me yeah, work at them. Yeah, I second that. I think COVID has definitely made some of the relationships in my life stronger. But yeah, 2020 has been a year like no other, for sure one that we will remember. Finally, let's talk Adulting 101, our weekly resource or recommendation that we found helpful in navigating our 20s. Britt? What do you have for me? All right. So this week I'm recommending a Christmas cocktail. Oh my gosh, I love that. I feel like we all deserve a cheeky cocky for getting through 2020. And because it's festive, this one is super appropriate. I am a gin gal and my friends and I discovered this gin, um, well, mainly them discovering and me stealing their recommendation. (laughs) 
Shout out to Marissa and Sophie for having excellent taste in gin. Yeah, I'm not a gin girl. <laughs> Bud curl away. No. Oh. Gin, this gin is called Whitley Neal and it's available from Dan Murphy's and I think First Choice. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a few different flavours, but... My fave is the rhubarb and ginger. Oh, it's like a infused gin? Like it's flavoured that way? No? All gins are infused. Girl, you need to do some research. Um, Gin is literally just infused vodka. That's why I like it. Oh, what? Okay, I thought it was a completely different category. This this one's purple. So it looks really cool. So it's not ink gin though? Mm-mm. See, I know something about gin. <laughs> Ink gin. <laughs> There's your input for this presentation. Yep. Um, it's purple, so it looks really cool, especially if you add some like blueberries and fresh fruit to it, like mm-hmm. just if you want to have it on its own with like tonic or soda, however you like it. Um, but um, I found this cocktail recipe on the Whitley and Neil website and it's a festive one. So I recommend trying it over Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's called the Christmas Crumble Collins. So it's Whitley Neal rhubarb and ginger gin, cloudy apple juice, ginger beer, a little, like just a tiny bit of lemon juice and, well, okay, the recipe says cinnamon syrup, but I didn't have that, so I just put some cinnamon sugar sprinkled on top. What is cinnamon syrup? I've never heard of that before. I don't even know where you get it from. Maybe it's like one of those specialty things. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you have to make it. That's too hard. What? No way. (laughs) We all know that's out of my capability. That is not what we recommend on an In Your 20s podcast. But yes, I tried this one on the weekend and I thought it was, yeah, very tasty. Definitely tastes like a little bit of Christmas because you've got the cinnamon and that, um, what's it called? Rhubarb. Mm, Okay. I feel like... You completely outdid me with your recommendation this week. How festive. Mine's so boring in comparison. I just needed a cocktail <laughs> in my life and I thought everyone did. So yeah, well, go. they probably did. Well, now they're going to get my resource, whether they like it or not. But my adulting resource this week is another podcast after a podcast last week, which this one is called The Mindset Mentor. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's a podcast designed to help you gain motivation, direction and focus in life, which I feel like is exactly what I need when I'm hitting the reset and refresh mm. button before going into a new year. That's very relevant, yeah. Yeah, so it's hosted by Rob Dahl, who has like over 2 million social media followers, followers or something ridiculous. So I guess you could say he's kind of a big deal and obviously <laughs> knows his stuff. Yep. Um, so the episode topics range from like how to have more energy, which I definitely need. I feel like everyone's feeling a bit of burnt out at, burn out at the end of the year, mm-hmm. to talking about commitment to your goals, to how to stop anxiety, to WTF, do you want? in your life so they're like that's one relevant to your 20s the episodes range from bite-sized to a bit longer which I really like um because it depends like if I mean I listen to them in the car so sometimes like if it's a short trip like Mm. something bite-sized is good um and yeah they're released every few days so there's always new content oh that sounds like a good one I'll definitely have to give that a listen I feel like I do need some motivation coming out of this year so there you go that's a podcast thanks for for that one (laughs) you can Listen to the podcast while you're drinking your cocktail, okay? Oh, that sounds perfect. (laughs) And there you have it, our final episode of the year. We are, sad to say, we'll be taking a small break, just a small one over the Christmas period, but we'll be back in your ears in the new year. 
If you have enjoyed our first few episodes and would like us to come back next year. Who are you kidding? We're coming back whether you want us to or not. (laughs) (laughs) But please let us know um, by hitting subscribe in Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. And if you really love us, please leave us a rating or review. We would love your feedback. Yeah. And also come find us on Instagram. We hit 100 followers. How exciting is that? It's at blooming.podcast. And remember to DM us. Slide into our DMs. We'll still be checking Blooming and doing some few rogue posts over the Christmas break. And we want to hear your thoughts on not only this episode, but what topics you'd like us to talk about next year. Mm -hmm. And the adulting wins and fails as always. Mm -hmm. But yeah, see you in, well, speak to you in 2021 wow that sounds so weird so weird hopefully 2021 will be kinder to us all yeah well we hope we all have a joy-filled and safe christmas break and enjoy the most wonderful time of the year and have a happy new year bye Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, had a very shiny nose. And if you ever heard him, you would even say it glows like a light bulb. (laughs) 